Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chwati Jen with you. It's time now for Culture Club. Uh, let's take a look uh, here in our backyard, Singapore. Uh, a crucial healthcare challenge remains hidden beneath the surface. There is an urgent need for bone marrow donors. Well, the statistics reveal a pressing issue, Elliot. Malays and Indians are not adequately represented in the bone marrow donor register. So it's interesting, right? Equal representation is crucial to give every patient a fair chance at fighting uh, or finding a life-saving match. Um, and as the world becomes more connected and diverse, it's very vital that our donor pool reflects the multicultural society that we live in. Exactly. And uh, the issue is how? How do we bring attention to this disparity and mm. emphasize the importance of equal representation in the fight against life-threatening illnesses? And what more can be done, especially in the community engagement front and overcoming misconceptions towards bone marrow donation? Oh, that's going to be interesting, that misconceptions part. Charles Lowe, the CEO of Bone Marrow Donor Program, uh, on the line with us. Charles, uh, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm fine. What about you? Very good, sir. Thanks a lot for taking the time to help us out with this and clarifying a lot of things that we're going to be bringing up. But I suppose to start us off, tell us about the Bone Marrow Donor Program. Well, BMBP is the Singapore one and only registry for marrow donor. Mm -hmm. So we play the important part of matching patients to, uh, to donor. So most of the hospitals, whenever the doctor decides that their patients need a marrow uh, donor, they will come to us. All right, Charles, share with us the process of making such a donation. How do we start? Where do we start? Well, the process is a pretty simple one. Uh, we want to build our registry, and anyone who is uh, from the age of 18 to 49, uh, we are most happy to take you on. Uh, all you need to do is to sign up and do a chick swap of your inner mouth, and then um, send it to us, and we will get it tested and mm -hmm. put you on the register. Wow, okay. Are there any myths that come about this uh, bone marrow donation process? Uh, what have you come across? What are some of the more common ones? Common one has to do with <laughs> fertility, you know, that oh. uh, you can't give birth anymore. Okay. And, it's, um, and then the other big myth is that it's going to be super painful and it's kind of a very difficult process, you know, so we have to uh, overcome this all the time. Okay, L let's bring that up because uh, one of the factors, I think, for many people is not the inconvenience, but the pain of pain, having to go yeah. through this procedure. Yeah. What is it like? So after you register and you get the samples and then you, I assume, get called in if somebody needs your bone marrow, and mm. then what happens? Well, then you will, we will put you through the uh, verification typing to ensure that you are the one. Mm -hmm. uh, and we put you through a very comprehensive uh, medical examination to make sure that you are medically fit and you are okay to donate your marrow. And once that is done, we will put you through either one of, uh, of the two options or available to mm -hmm. harvest your stem cells. One is the common one, which is about 90 over percent mm -hmm. of our donors will Adopt would be what we call the GCSF method, where you go through about four days of injections daily. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's largely to stimulate your uh, marrow stem cells into your bloodstream. And on the fifth day, okay. uh, you will get into the hospital and we will harvest it. It's more or less almost like a uh, blood donation. It's just that now you have two needles, one in each hand for the harvest process. Oh, so it's, oh, so it's to the hands. 
Yes, it's oh. not that invasive. No, yet. not invasive. Oh, I thought it was okay. like through a spine or so something. So it's Gosh. not. It doesn't sound like it's painful, mm, Charles. Mm, but it does sound to me like whoever is thinking about signing up and registering as a bone marrow donor, you also need to donate a lot of your time. Uh, yes, you can say that. that. That's the reason why we really, really appreciate our marrow donors. Mm. Um, going to the medical examination mm-hmm. and then going through the procedure of four days, daily injections, and then on the fifth day, spend the day in the hospital for these uh, harvest um, so it's about a five-day time frame that you need to, to set aside as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Charles, tell us a little bit about this uh, issue of equal representation. At the start of it, uh, we talked about how Malays and Indians are not adequately represented in the bone marrow donor registry. How serious is this? Pretty serious. Perhaps let me set the context sure. uh, for this uh, matching a donor to a patient. It's a lot to do with the ethnicity. So very often you will find that a Chinese patient will get the match donor from among the Chinese community, mm-hmm. Malay from the Malay, and, and um, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So today, you'll find that in Singapore, for the Chinese, the probability of finding a match from the local register is only about 40%. Okay. And it goes down to 20% for the Malay and 2% for the Indians. Then I mix right. blood power. Is it worse or not? Uh, let me tell you, it's unfortunately it'll be worse. Oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. So yeah, you need yeah. to find the right, right match because of the way your body is made up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's scary. So how, how do we, Charles, encourage more of, well, as you were saying, Malays and Indians to come forward and register as a bone marrow donor? Yeah, we are trying to do whatever we can right now to road shows, to uh, talks at uh, corporates and organizations, uh, targeting uh, especially for companies and organizations with a higher proportion or percentage of Indians and Malays uh, worker. We do what we are trying to do all this, all because we really want to boost up the number in the register for these two races. Uh, they are really underrepresented right now. Uh, as you can see from the probability of mm. um, finding a local match is pretty low. Mm. And uh, to make matter worse, if you look at the global context, because when we search, we not only search locally, we also uh, do a global search. The 76 is not very encouraging too mm. for these two races as well. And that's got to do largely that, especially for, for the Malays, we find that there is no equivalent registry say, in Indonesia. Right, which you have a big right. pool of people. Which a big population. Yes. I mean, ethnicity-wise, it's pretty closest to our Malay friends. And, and in Malaysia, the register down there is actually very small. And okay. um, I mean, there is, but the probability of finding a match there is actually very, very low, in fact. Now, going back to Singapore, though, and encouraging uh, more Malaysian and Indian people to be part of the registry, is there something that businesses can do? Because, you know, if I register and then if you call me up and I know I'm going to have to invest five days of my time, it's time I lose from doing the work that I'm doing. Mm. And if my company is not paying me for it, then I would be very reluctant to be part of this, even though I know I'm going to be doing something good for somebody. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. That's the reason why we would really encourage um, corporates to have a good understanding of what we are doing and uh, we really be, uh, be our partner in this. So um, allowing us to get into the organization to uh, do roadshows and to give awareness talk is really something that we are really looking forward to uh, from the companies and uh, other organizations. 
Actually, just to expand a little bit on what Tim and you were discussing, um, essentially a form of community engagement. With regard to dealing with certain misconceptions and encouraging people to come forward, is the challenge different in terms of uh, for different generations? I'm thinking maybe for uh, like my parents' generation, they they would have more misconceptions than my generation or even uh, the generation after me. <laughs> That's a very interesting observation. I, I I'm not so sure to be honest with you okay. that if that is really the the case. We find that we have kind of a similar objections or questions raised by oh. by young and old. Yeah. Right, right. And I guess the common question is how painful is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, as I say, we have to clear all this misconception. And what is really, really important is for us to understand that uh, the support of family and friends is actually very critical. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was thinking with, like, with Malays and Indians because yeah. uh, they tend to have larger families, especially and in the Closely previous, knit families. Very closely well. knit. Maybe, you know, siblings yeah. can help one another in this sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we we always say mm-hmm. not that um, they always say that it takes a village to raise a, a child. Yeah. I would say that in our context, it takes a village to support a marrow donor. Exactly. Wow. Now, going back to uh, the lack of registry that you were mentioning uh, in, in neighboring countries, is there something that the BMDP can, perhaps with the help of the Singapore government, maybe mm-hmm. help set up something in Indonesia, for example, if you have such a big pool there that you have no contact with? Definitely, this is something that we are looking at. In mm. fact, we have sort of pulled up our hands and said, hey, we are available to provide whatever technical support that's required mm-hmm. uh, to set up such a registry. And um, yeah, we are looking forward to any opportunity that is available for us to uh, to provide the support. Okay. Mm. Uh, just as a final question, Charles, what are some of the future goals and aspirations of uh, the Bone Marrow Donor Program? Uh, well, I think I can just sum it up by saying that uh, we would definitely want to do more for our patients. Our slogan is a match for every patient, a match for every patient. And that's sort of uh, what keeps us going on a day-to-day basis. So in this aspect, if you ask me for goals and aspirations, I would say first, I would definitely want to work towards keeping growing our register. Mm-hmm. It is only 118,000 uh, at this oh. point of time. And for our population of 5 million, I think uh, we can do much, much better. So that's definitely one goal that is always on our mind. Mm -hmm. The other goal is more of what we can do in the area of supporting the patient through their very long road of treatment and recovery. So what else can we do to support them is something that we are definitely looking for uh, to do more mm. and to also to provide financial support. You know, if more people are giving to the charity, we can provide more financial support and that's really uh, it's needed because they can't work. They can't work during this long process. Yeah. I, I suppose uh, off the top of your head, uh, do you have any upcoming community engagements uh, worth taking note of? Yes, uh, we have. The next big thing for us is our um, annual flagship event we call it Match for Life and we're going to have this in October this year we are going to have a three weeks long campaign and the target target is really for the Indians and the Malay uh, community this is our goal for all right, Charles, thank you very much uh, for that. It's good to build awareness uh, about bone marrow donation. Charles Lowe is the CEO of Bone Marrow Donor Program. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.